welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links in WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for joining and tuning in for another episode this week. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and I'm very excited to be joined by someone who I've actually been talking to for a little while about coming on this podcast since, since really I started it. Um, Chelsea Late, who's a Toronto-based writer and comedian who gets who I get the pleasure of uh, working with um, or working alongside at, at Windsider, um, covering the WNBA. Chelsea, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to to be here. Yeah, we, we've talked about it a little bit, but uh, right when I started the podcast, we talked about maybe uh, um, having you having you on. So I'm, I'm thrilled that you you joined me last second. I kind of threw it at you last second, and, and I'm, I'm excited to have you on. So thank you. Yeah, no worries. Anytime. Um, if you could, let's let's start a little bit about getting getting to know you. Um, if you could just kind of introduce yourself, um, where people can find your work, um, find out what you do, and and kind of all of the above. Yeah, I mean, well, you said I, I am based in Toronto, so I'm Canadian. Um, yeah, and I'm on Twitter, uh, just like at Chelsea Lay. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I have a website where you can find a lot of my work, um, and I write about women's basketball, the WNBA. I also am on the Toronto Raptors beat. Um, I write for a couple of different websites for them. Um, and then I'm also a comedian. So I do uh, improv and sketch comedy around Toronto and I write for different comedy outlets as well. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the like elevator pitch version of me. <laughs> how did you get, how'd you get involved in the, the sports side of things? Or I guess what came first? Was it comedy and then sports or was it sports and then comedy or kind of at the same time? How'd you get involved with that or both? Sides? Yeah. It was, well, I mean, in the span of my life, like if we're thinking about my entire life, it was sports before comedy because I played basically like every sport I could when I was in middle school. My athlete career didn't go much past like eighth grade. So, um, but then when I got into high school, I kind of started focusing more on like the arts and stuff like that. And so in this, when we talk about not my life, but my career, comedy did come first because I um, pursued that before anything. And then, um was just writing and stuff. And obviously like writing is a very hard career to, I'm sure as you know, as a lot of people listening know, is a very hard career to pursue. And so when the pandemic happened and, you know, everybody was just kind of at home and trying to pivot, depending on what their career was, there really wasn't a place to go do comedy unless you were doing it online, which was not really for me. Um, and so I just got really into watching sports more than I ever did before. And, discovered I mean at that time it wasn't really um easy to watch the WNBA in Canada it's definitely different now but I started getting into the WNBA um more and through that just like met people and started writing for these different outlets and now like two years later it's kind of become just as equally my career as as comedy which is really fun so yeah it's been it's been a cool ride when it comes to to covering, uh, you know, kind of both sides of of the game of with covering the WNBA and, and the NBA, um, I know I've I've done that a little bit in the past with the Timberwolves and the Lynx at the same time. Um, still yeah. do a little bit of that with with Canis Hoopus, but I what what is it like for you to to be able to kind of cover both sides? Because obviously they're different seasons or they're at different points in the year, um, so it's kind of nonstop. But what what do you enjoy about maybe? you know, both sides of things, you kind of get to separate them a little bit and and, and still get to do with what you enjoy. But what do you like about it, I guess? 
Yeah, I mean, definitely the good thing about the NBA is that we have a team here in Toronto. So I like have a team to write about, to go to games, to have a community of people here that are on the same beat, which is nice. And, um, you know, obviously the season is longer and um, there's a lot more like, you know, like money and opportunity and stuff like that. A lot of people want you know stuff about the NBA which I get and then then you flip to the women's side and I think what women's sports have always intrigued me by is just the fact that it's always like when you're supporting women's sports you're like automatically advocating for them because that's just part of it you have to advocate for these women you have to be able to stand up for them and support them and be really um, supportive in the face of a lot of adversity, both with them on the court and in the media as we're covering it. We're always going to have to fight more for coverage. We're always going to have to fight more to get our spots on. And even as, you know, I watch the Toronto community try and get a WNBA team, it's like really cool for me to feel like I have a part in that through like speaking up and writing these pieces and writing for places like Windsider and trying to get the Toronto outlets to, to write more women's sports stuff. So it's a cool journey. You know, I see the NBA and the Toronto Raptors where they are now, the Toronto Raptors are still a fairly new team. Like they're only like, you know, less than 30 years old, but like seeing where they are now and seeing where say like the the WMEA is in Toronto and being part of growing it is a really cool um you know perspective to have on it and i hope that in you know however many years it is i can look back and say like oh like i had a part in spreading the word and trying to get a team up here so it's fun what that kind of leads into my next question obviously there's there's a little bit of a links um you know canada tie in in a, in a few different aspects i mean obviously the um, you know, the the game that's going to be coming up against Chicago in, in May in, in Canada. Um, obviously, the, the Lynx have a couple Canadian players with Bridger Carlton, um, Natalie Chanwa. What what do you think, you know, the, the with with the preseason game or with the, with the game coming up that I just mentioned, what what do you think that that opportunity will bring? And then, you know, at, at the end of the day, do you think that that could, you know, maybe open the eyes of, of people that maybe aren't convinced that, you know, we should get a team in Canada or do you, what, what opportunity do you think is there in the, in the end? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely nice that there are more and more Canadians getting the shot. I mean, for the past couple of years, it's been kind of the trio of Natalie, Bridget and Kia. Now, you know, we had, you know, Leticia Emma here get uh, drafted. We have a couple of other Canadians coming up in the mix. So it's nice to see that the community down there is growing, but you know, we're also, we want the community up here to grow. We want a team. We want these players to be able to come and play on home court, whether they're just coming with their team that they're playing for, or they have the opportunity to play in Canada, like for a Canadian team. Um, and yeah, it's been something that's been growing for a while, I think the first season that I really followed the WNBA and started covering it, um, it definitely wasn't a part of the conversation very much. It was just kind of a very abstract, like, oh, it'd be cool to have a team one day. But now it's something that people are actually talking about, actually excited about. There's, you know, real, um, you know, rumblings of things happening. And this game is really the first step in seeing if the community would really show up and support. And so far, I mean, the game is sold out. It's sold out in two days. The one day it was pre-sale and the one day was like general sale. It's sold out. Um, there's a ton of sponsorships, a ton of local uh, businesses are coming in and trying to support and get the word out. Um, and people that I know that don't even follow 
the WNBA yet or even really follow men's basketball are planning on coming and supporting just because they want to support the women, which I think is really cool. So, I mean, I truly believe that there is support up here and that a team would do well up here because Toronto is an incredibly diverse basketball community. And I think that it would be the type of place that would really welcome a team like that. But I mean, I also get that it's a business and you have to think about flights and money and all that kind of stuff too. So um, I'm, it's definitely going to open the doors and I do think their experiment, so to say, like if people are going to support is going to work, I think they will see a lot of um, support for it. Um, but then the logistical stuff, I think is what's going to hold us off a little bit longer. And maybe that is one of the reasons that the WNBA has been holding off because Toronto is one of those teams that, I mean, I think should be on the top of the list, um, for expansion. So we'll see if, if we get more information as the season goes, once we pass this game and, um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really cool. When it comes to to the game, um, you know, it's going to be coming up in May. What, I guess, what's the buzz in, in Toronto or even in Canada in general of of that game? Are people, you know, people talking about it? Is is that is it gaining interest or or what? What's it kind of been like surrounding that game so far? Yeah, I mean, there's people that I know that have followed the WNBA for as many seasons as I have who are coming and they're really excited about it and they've been talking about it for a long time. So that's the one side that obviously you knew was going to come support and knew we're going to immediately be on board. And then the fun part is that there's been the completely other side, like, like I was mentioning earlier of the people who don't really watch basketball or the people who aren't into it yet, but want to get into it or the people who just want to support women and women's sports. Um, and so they're coming out to support because of that. And like, I think the really nice thing is that I'm sure there are going to be a lot of young women there and a lot of like young female athletes. And I, that's going to be really fun to see them be able to see that support in a way that we haven't really been able to see here in Canada. And I mean, there's a lot of different ways that they've seen it. Hockey is, you know, big here and women's hockey is huge here. And so, but I'm, I'm excited for the young basketball players to be able to see that and see professional women's basketball for them. So it'll be fun. And it, I think it's going to draw a big diverse, you know, crowd because everybody here loves basketball. And I think there's a huge group that are coming just because it's basketball and they don't really have that like, Oh, it's just women's basketball kind of perspective that we see a lot in coverage. So um, I'm excited to see all the people kind of show up and really get a taste of what the WNBA is all about. I, I kind of view it as, I mean, it's very similar to what we talk about all the time with, with TV coverage, getting these games on TV. We've seen it with, with, you know, even the college game, the the women's game specifically in college of, you know, you get those games on prime or in primetime TV, you get them on ABC, you get them on ESPN, you, you have the stars like the Caitlin, Caitlin Clarks and the Paige Beckers, like that thrives and people watch it. Even casual basketball fans, they don't view it as women's basketball. They view it as basketball. Um, yeah. And I, I view that as, you know, the same way with, with the WNBA and especially, you know, with expanding it outside of the United States, such as Canada, you're getting it into the, getting it into the eyes of, of those people. You're getting into a different market. You're getting it on a different station, getting it in prime time. You know, it, it'll only help the game grow. And and I think, like you mentioned, it'll, it'll help those young fans at the same time too. And while they grow up, that's a norm, you know, that's the norm for them. That's, it's not, you know, that it's women's basketball isn't a new thing. It's, it's just a thing. And I, I think that that's something that's happening. It's obviously going to take time and it has taken time, but 
Um, I, I think that there's a huge opportunity there. And I think that this, this game in May will, will obviously be a, a jump start to that. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's yeah. exciting. Um, I guess when, when it comes, let's, let's talk or transition a little bit into to some links. Um, if you don't mind, since, since we do talk a fair amount of links on this podcast, what, from your perspective, what, what do you think the, the season or off season has been like for the links so far and transitioning from last year into this year? Now we're, we're a little bit beyond the drafts. So we get, have an idea of, of, you know, what the team kind of looks like going into training camp, but what do you think of of the team that's constructed right now and maybe what has taken place to get to this point? Yeah. I mean, it, they're, they're in a very transitional period right now um, because of, you know, losing Sylvia Fowles and all that stuff and being in the lottery this season, which I know this franchise has a, a very like deep history of winning and being a playoff team. And so I, I think it's probably a little bit different for fans these days to have to, go through this developmental phase but I mean they have a lot of good talent coming in I think they did really well in the draft um, considering you know where they were and the picks that they wanted and where they got them at I mean the fact that they got Dorka you has at like I think she was what like 16th or something um, was really great and then they got you know that that number two pick and all that stuff so I mean if they are willing to develop those young players and try to to see where their young talent can come from. I mean, I know you've talked about this in our Winsider group chat and stuff like that, about how maybe they're not the most de- developmentally focused team. Um, but, you know, I think it's a good opportunity for them to showcase some young talent and hopefully get spots for some of those young draftees. Um, and at the same time, I mean, I think that the talent that they have on the roster is great too. I mean, Nafisa Collier, you can't go wrong. Um, and then, you know, I've obviously watched Bridget Carlton quite a lot and she had an incredible performance at the world cup in September. So I think she's going to really take a jump this year. And I hope that she's given the opportunity to play a lot more. And, um, you know, it's just a chance for these people who maybe haven't had the opportunity yet to shine and get a lot of minutes, um, to, to show the team what they're all about and maybe take a leap and become those starters or those role players. And it's going to be an exciting time to them for them. I think this season is going to show like what the next couple of seasons are going to be and whether they're going to take the leap and be a playoff team this year, or have a couple more years of development. So, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think that, um, you know, last week when I I had Jack Borman, who I who helps cover the or I, I work with him and we cover the links at Canis Hoopus, we we kind of talked about this a little bit that yes, it, it'll it'll provide like those links will, or those rookies will get playing time. They're gonna they're gonna get the opportunity, and that's maybe hasn't been the case for a while, mm-hmm. um, or at least the last few years. But it's also a chance for I think for for Cheryl Reeve and the coaching staff in the front office just to kind of take inventory of the whole team. Um, I think it's it's a it's an opportunity to, you know, from the top down, you know, kind of just look at what we have and what we want to have moving forward. Um, and I, I do think that, you know, even if they they do end up having to play a lot of those rookies, um, you know, and maybe they don't have the best year, that's OK. Like they look at the draft class that potentially might happen next year. Like if they're yeah. in the same spot, I know everybody wants to make the playoffs. Nobody wants to 
quote unquote tank. And I don't, I don't think that'll happen for the Lynx this year anyway, or they won't deliberately do or you know, intentionally do that. But if that does kind of happen, if they have the same kind of year, you know, they might, they're going to end up getting a top, a top player potentially in, in the 2024 draft. So it it is a, it's a transition period. It, it's, it's an opportunity for them to take inventory, see what they have, maybe develop a few pieces at the end of the year. You know, if they are a playoff team, great. If they're not, you know, they, they still have that development that is underway and, and obviously a, a year in the WNBA will only propel those, those rookies and maybe even the younger players, but yeah, um, yeah it, it's an interesting year. I mean, it, this, it's weird looking at the bottom teams in the league or what, who we think might be the bottom teams in the league. You see the likes of like Chicago, Seattle, Minnesota, I mean, potentially Connecticut, like those in Two years ago, those were top teams in the league, and now it's completely flipped. But it, it's crazy what the WNBA can do and how fast things can change. Yeah, it's wild because, yeah, there is only those, you know, like 13 teams. And so, you you know, th- things can switch really quick. And I'm glad there's – I mean, last year there was a lot of parity in the league. I don't think I would say the same this year due to the whole super team aspect. But um, I think there's a, a lot of talent in this league, and I think that every team has – um, at least like a couple or like a big two or a big three that are going to come out and really, you know, play high level basketball every single game. So it's a very interesting time for a lot of teams. And I think the way that we're seeing a lot of these big, big names retire now, and, you know, I mean, that's why Seattle's going through a lot of change. That's why Minnesota's going through a lot of change. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see these young players kind of like come up and try and fill those shoes. I know like thinking about the link specifically, you, you get Dorka, you has coming in who has already played professional basketball and collegiate basketball. Like, I don't think people understand how one good she is. And two, like how I think ready she is for this at this point, because again, she played professional basketball, then came and played five years of collegiate basketball. Like this is a player who has already got a lot of playing time under her. And so I'm, I'm excited to see how that translates to the W, but then you also think about how, you know, they already have a player coming in that's like primed and ready to go. So that's exciting for them. So. I agree with you now that you mentioned that, that, you know, with, when it comes to Dorka, like that, that professional experience, I think goes underrated a lot in the WNBA in any sport. I mean, having that professional experience, you look at, you know, Luka Doncic in in the Mm -hmm. NBA, like he, he played professionally and he's still young and, you know, they come in and they, they hit the ground running. Um, You know, and the other thing with Dorka too, is she played professionally and then she played at UConn. Like, yeah. Not that not that UConn's necessarily the next step, but like that, you know, when if you're going to play collegiately, UConn is a good spot to go play as as are any of the top programs. But, you know, they they all talk about, you know, and if he's Collier talks about it, um, you know, the other players that have come out of UConn, too, they've, they've talked about how um, Gino gets them ready to play in the WNBA, play professionally, play in that next level. And uh, yeah, I, I agree that I do think she maybe not a day one, but she could be a very quick contributor to, to the Lynx team. And I, they're going to need it because they need somebody like her to, to, you know, kind of stretch the floor and, and come in and play right away. But yeah, it, it'll be, it'll be an interesting year. I mean, we, we haven't seen a, a young Lynx team like this since uh, I haven't, since I started covering the team. Yeah. Um, and, and we're, we're starting to see a new wave, which it, I mean, that, that happens in any sport, especially in the WNBA. We, 
you get the the waves of of the all-time greats leaving and the veterans leaving and you get the the up-and-comers so it yeah it's exciting i i think the league's in a in a in very good spot and i think it'll only continue to grow but hmm. when it comes to growing um we're going to shift back to general w WNBA and, and we kind of touched on a little bit um expansion um mm -hmm. obviously you're an advocate for for toronto or, or you know the toronto area or, or really anywhere in canada to get get an expansion team yeah where a what do you think do you, like, how many teams do you think that there would be in a in an expansion if there were one and i guess where do you think let's assume that toronto gets one where do you think would be another location yeah, I mean, I think two is a good number. I mean, you kind of see the NWSL and they've added, like, they're just expanding, like, it's nobody's business. But, um, you know, they seem to have, like, one or two teams coming out every year that are new. And, I mean, obviously the WNBA can't expand at that speed. But I think two would be a good number just to, you know, get a lot of hype going, to get more roster spots, to, you know, maybe – be able to have a draft that goes beyond the top 10 to 15 picks. Um, and obviously Toronto, I hope would be one of them. And I think the top spot for me for that other uh, like place right off the bat would be Oakland, you know, the Bay area. Um, I think that they, again, would be another very supportive community for a women's basketball team. I think they also have a very, you know, rich basketball history. Um, they, you know, you have the warriors there, that are, you know, have been a mainstay for a very long time. And it's just, yeah, I think about geographically too, like it, it seems that there's a little more teams East. So, you know, bringing another one West, if you're going to bring another one East. Um, and then, I mean, don't get me wrong. My American geography isn't like the best. So <laughs> when I think about cities, like I don't, like I obviously know like, the big cities but when i think about a lot of people bring up nashville and i'm like i don't really know enough about nashville to know if that would be a good spot um some people have brought up like philly or boston to me and i'm like eh, i don't think so um and florida is a, a a big one too but i mean there have been teams in florida the thing about the WNBA is that there's been so many you know movement of teams not just like expanding or getting rid of or whatever like there's a lot of teams that were in one place and then they moved. So um, I do think it's kind of strange that there isn't one in Florida, but you know, um, I think Toronto should get one first. So <laughs> be willing to wait, but yeah, those are just kind of the things that I've heard about. I mean, I've heard a lot about Portland too, but I just think that one's a strange one. Like I understand the city as a whole has a big women's sports culture and, but I just think it's like really close to Seattle um, and that if you're going to like make more teams, like why bunch them all up together? I don't know. But um, I, think, I think if you're going to surround maybe a team that's already existing with another team, it would probably be like the East Coast. Like you you'd throw something yeah. maybe by New York or, you know, maybe Boston. I, you know, I, I, I agree that I think maybe outside I, I do think that Toronto and the Bay area are probably the top two. I think yeah. that if that's going to happen, it's going to be those two locations. Yeah. Um, and I'm all on, I'm on board for that. I think that would be great. Mm -hmm. um, if it was to be more, if, it, if they did add more teams, which obviously that'd be, I'd be fine with. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, I do think the Nashville area would do well. I, I do think that, you know, people, you know, I look at the Tennessee volunteers, like they, they have mm -hmm. a huge supporting, they, 
they could use a, I think a professional team there True. and they've proven that they've, they've been able to back a team. Um, yeah. You know, so that that's, that's somewhere where I'm a little bit more comfortable if that were, were the case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that I think the WNBA would look away from like, say a Miami area in Florida, mm-hmm. just because, you know, Miami sold, they, they didn't, you know, they obviously didn't last or not around anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it's tough. And it's, it's also a different era, you know, a different era, a different time too. So, yeah. you know, a team that maybe in Sacramento, the Monarchs, you know, maybe they could have a team now, you know, I, I don't yeah. know. Oh um, yeah. Like those Sacramento fans, I'm watching them now in the, in the NBA playoffs. And I'm like, Oh, those people, yeah. they're excited. It's fun. They've, <laughs> they've been waiting. They've been they've waiting. Been waiting for yeah. For a while. So, you know, maybe if you threw a WNBA team back in that mix, they'd, you know, continue to hype it up but yeah yeah I mean and and then when you think about in terms of Canada I know you said like anywhere else in Canada I mean I feel like Toronto has to be maybe I'm biased all these Canada people are going to come in and call me like a homer or whatever (laughs) but I don't know I think Toronto is the best spot just because you have the connection of you know the Raptors being here and you know there's a lot of other teams that are around here as well in terms of basketball or other women's teams. Um, I also think Vancouver would be great, but again, very close to Seattle. So maybe not Montreal is a huge basketball hub. So in the future, if we get more teams, basketball or Montreal would be a great place. Um, So those are kind of like the big three, I think in terms of people who are going to come out, support, spend money, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's definitely interesting to, to think about where, these new teams could go. And you also have to think about like a dynamic of like who is going to come out and support these women. Cause you think about a lot of cities and like, eh, are those people going to come out and support women? Like as much as we, we need them to. So that's something to think about as well. Mm-hmm. I think that if, you know, if, if I had a say and I, I don't, but if I had a say in what an expansion would look like, I would say two teams. I, I like yeah. we had talked about the Bay area and Toronto. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, some people have talked about, you know, two teams, four teams, what what that might look like. I yeah. think you start with two and then you start to either expand rosters or you start to develop like a developmental league like the NBA has the G League. Yeah. Maybe even creating a, a space where there's four teams in this developmental league and they're, you know, in this, you know, maybe central United States or something like that. And they just play yeah. together and, you know, you could have limited roster spots, but it's more roster spots than what we have, you know what Exactly. I, mean? I think I, there is a need for that. And especially because you think about the draft these days and how, like I said, it's like a 15 person draft, like mm-hmm. anybody who gets drafted like 15 or above, you're like, Oh, well, let's see if they make it. Um, and so having that, that like, minor league and also like being able to expand the rosters as well and maybe have like two-way spots and stuff like that so that players can come back and forth get reps when people are injured that kind of stuff would be really helpful because then you end up having all of these players who are a bouncing from team to team to team on 10-day contracts or b like they get drafted even top 10 top 20 and then they just like don't get on a team and i mean we were talking about this last night on our live stream about how it's still good for, you know, their overseas prospects and agents and stuff like that to be like, oh, this player player got drafted, you know, they're so that it's good in that sense. But I also feel bad for the fact that, you know, they want to play if they're from the United States or Canada or North America, like they want to play at home. Right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's where I think Athletes Unlimited, too, is, is a good avenue to, to allow those players to stay home. And I know that's yeah. at a, kind of a different time and not 
it's not during the year, but you know, I, I don't know it. I, th- I think there's definitely room for growth there. I would even be in, don't take this the wrong way because I want a team in, in Canada, but I would be even okay with, you know, maybe if the league decided that they wanted to just add a developmental league first and then yeah. expand, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm on board for, uh, you know, an expansion of at least two more teams, but if they decided that was the route rather than adding teams, adding maybe like a, a minor league team or minor yeah. league kind of league, I think that that's, you know, that's the second best option just because you're adding more possibilities and more playing time and more, you know, more, more opportunity for women, which I, I think is, is definitely a good thing, but yeah, regardless, hopefully something happens. I'm yeah. we're ready. Something. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I, so I started doing this last uh, episode with, with Jack Borman from Canis Hoopus and I'm hoping you're okay with this, but I okay. I, I was going to maybe do some rapid fire questions for you. All right. I'm ready. Um, you stole my first one. I was going to ask you if, if Toronto was out, what would be the next location? But we already, we already covered that one. So yeah. w- one thing that, that we we've talked about is in, in our playback shout out Aria for, for I'm a plug in, plug in playback, playback <laughs> on Windsider here. Um, yeah. By the way, join join us on uh, playback on Windsider. Uh, we will be hosting stuff throughout the year. Chelsea uh, is always hilarious to listen to on that, and offers oh, a lot you. of good analysis too. So it's it's fun to fun to tune into and join. Um, one of these times, I'll I'll join on stage. But yeah, um, one thing we talked about I don't remember when it was, but it was recently was chips chips in Canada. What is your yes. so they obviously have some some like ketchup chips and different kinds of chips. I, I'm still yeah. waiting for my shipment that, that you said you were <laughs> going to send me. Um, what's your favorite kind of chips that maybe we don't have here that you have in Canada? Um, all dressed 100%. Ooh, what, 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 so what is, what is. So, this? okay. They're like a mix of like a salt and vinegar chip and like a barbecue chip. And I've like come to this conclusion because so many of you Americans ask me what they taste like. And it's like, <laughs> it's like a tangy vinegary, but like barbecue. Okay. It's delicious. And you good. have to get the Ruffles ones. Don't get any other kind. If you're coming to Canada for this Minnesota Lynx game, Ruffles, all dressed chips. Don't get the no name brand. Don't get Lay's. Don't get none of them. Okay. All dressed. Okay. And if all dressed ever wants to sponsor me or if not <laughs> dressed uh, Ruffles, I'll just go up there with Asia Wilson on the bag. You know, it'll be fine. Yeah. Chelsea and Asia. What, what, yeah. The duo everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what, is there anything else in Canada that, that we don't have in the United States that, that pops into your mind first, like when it comes to like food like that? Um, I mean like the, the whole Tim Hortons thing is a big one. Mm. I know there's some Tim Hortons is in like different places in America. Um, but again, if you're coming up to Canada for this game, go to Tim Hortons, order, uh, an iced cap with chocolate milk. Um, Natalie Achano was posting about it a couple weeks ago. That is the order. Um, so Tim Hortons is another one. I mean, we have a lot of different candies and stuff. Like I know you in America have a different view of what Smarties are, mm, but, yeah. he, but here, here Smarties are like M&Ms, but more candy, like the candy coating is different. So that's what we call Smarties here. Um, a lot of different like chip flavors. I was eating Ringolos last night on the, on the live stream and everybody in America was like, what is a Ringolo? And I <laughs> was never like, I've heard of that. How do you not know what a regular? So have you ever had like a party mix chip, like where all the different chips? Yeah, 
I in one bag we we kind of we call them basically like munchies well i, I yeah. don't know if that's the same thing but it's like there's like sun chips doritos cheetos pretzels yeah so but in the munchies party mix there are the little ring ones or not in america like but then it, you can also buy them just by themselves and they're just little chips that are shaped as rings oh. and they're only barbecue flavor and they're really good it's like a corn chip Interesting. In a circle. It's like a little tiny circle. Huh. Yeah. And you, you guys uh, have all the good stuff. We have like Canada is like it, <laughs> we got the snacks. I like I'm realizing this more and more as I like talk to American people. I'm like, Canada has like the snacks. <laughs> I know like you guys have Trader Joe's and like I would absolutely like die if we got a Trader Joe's here because like I would spend all of my money there. But in terms of like the general snack, we I think we're winning. Canada, we have the snacks. It's not Arby's, we have the meats. It's Canada, yeah. we have the snacks. Snacks and universal health care. Come on yeah. to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, next next topic or next thing is favorite WNBA jersey. I know there there were like the releases of the the new look jerseys. What what's your favorite? The my favorite of the new ones or my favorite in general? Let's start with the new ones and then go to general. Oh, okay. My favorite of the new ones. I'm trying to like get them okay i like the washington mystics one it confuses me how close it is to the aces but i yeah. like if you if we weren't thinking about the aces at all i think that one would be my favorite it's really like nice and crisp looking i do kind of like i do like the the new york liberty one but it's like i i don't know i don't like how it doesn't have the name of the team on it if it was just as equality i would rather mm -hmm. it say like new york or liberty or something um yeah, out of the but out of the new ones, those are my favorite ones. Sure. How about the just in general? Who who just has your general. favorite favorite jersey? I mean the the black New York Liberty ones mm. are incredible. Um, the aces are all just very clean. Like I like their colorway. Um, who else? I'm trying to like go through all of them in my mind right now. I'm sure I'm missing ones that I like. But oh, um, the Phoenix ones that are black with like the like the fiery oh, yeah. on the yep. side. Those ones are really cool. Um, what else? Oh, the Stranger Things ones were so sick, and I'm so mad that they got rid of them. Mm. I was like, I wanted an Aaliyah Boston Stranger Things jersey so bad, and now I that dream is gone, and I'm really <laughs> disappointed about it. So I, I do really exciting. like the the Connecticut color scheme, or like their mm. their their scheme that they have, or their colors that they but have. But then they I, have a blue jersey, which is so right. random. Yeah, I think I, I also yeah. think Phoenix could maybe go with like a new look i think they're due for maybe after the you know tarasi bg era maybe they they kind of start okay a new, but fresh like look the tarasi era is probably ending soon i don't think the bg era is gonna well, end that's for true. a very long time that's, she's only like true. she's like in her early 30s late 20s i don't even she's young I still think early 30s i think yeah, yeah but yeah so you got time maybe when when tarasi leaves you you can't have tarasi in a new jersey like you yeah. just gotta you gotta have her in it's if they're gonna redo it wait until tarasi's mm -hmm. done because yeah. it would just look weird but yeah um who's your favorite to to win it all this year i i know the for me personally, it's one of the one of the two super teams. I think they're going to meet up. But what what do you think is who do you think is the favorite um, to win it all? I mean, I'm biased towards the New York Liberty, so I'm going to say the New York Liberty. I've been a Brianna Stewart fan since like the literal second I started watching the WNBA. So um, I follow her wherever she goes. But that team just 
I the vibes of New York, the color scheme of New York, the like hype around it. I'm just I'm ready for it. And don't get me wrong, love Vegas, love that whole team, Candace Parker forever. But if I had to pick one, and also because they're closer to me, and I've actually been there, so that's I've my like. I've never actually picking. been to New York. I've, oh really? Never, no, never been. It's a good time. I want to. It's it's on my bucket list. I I was actually yeah. supposed to go. Uh, this was right before COVID. I was supposed to mm-hmm. go to Boston for the first time for a, yeah. a work conference. And I was going to yeah. go to a Red Sox game of a big baseball fan. And then yep. that obviously didn't happen. So yeah, that's I've never Boston, actually been to the East Coast. Boston. Yeah, I, I've never been further west than like I was saying last night, like Michigan, which is so random. I went yeah. to Michigan one time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think I've ever been further west than that. But yeah, New York, Boston, all all good cities, good food, mm-hmm. good vibes. So that's what I've heard. yeah. Yeah. yeah um let's see here i gotta oh i what one favorite if you could just pick one favorite like sports moment oh like any sport anytime let's let's maybe say basketball moment like any, okay. whether it's either covering or just like being a fan hmm i mean the Kawhi Leonard shot in Toronto mm. is like a big one. Like I wasn't even following the league very much at that time. And I watched, you know, I was there watching it, not there at the game, but I was watching it and that whole run was incredible. Um, but sports that I've, I mean, I got to watch Serena Williams last game in Toronto, like right before she retired. And that was like a really cool moment. Um, and I got to like watch her practice, like right up close wow. before that game. because so I was covering it. And that was really cool. Um, I know as soon as I go to this WNBA game, that'll probably be up on the list as well. Um, and I've been able to to go and cover the Raptors games now this season. So that's been really fun. Just getting like that up close um, look at that and being able to like be in the press conferences and ask questions and, um, you know, kind of get my foot in the door there, uh, you know, as like a young woman in sports and whatever. So <laughs> that's been cool. When, uh, when, when it comes to the, the comedy side, side of your life, do you, mm-hmm. cause I'm sure people say this all the time, like, Oh, can you just say a joke? Like, do you have like a go-to, do you have a go-to line or go-to joke that when people ask you that, that, that you, that you say? Like, not really. Cause a lot of my comedy that I do is improvised. So I make it sure. up on the spot, which yeah. like when somebody automatically is like, tell a joke, I'm like, I can't like I say I can't make one up on the spot but but, like I don't know it's just not how it works and usually I'm in like a different setting but I know I should that's a good idea to like come up with something that I just say but then again of it again a lot of it is like and if I do do stand-up like I I used to do stand-up before the pandemic and have you know been looking to get back into doing it but again all of that is very like story-based and very like conversational and so it's sure it's like set up punchline jokes whatever but it's not just like a knock knock joke right Mm -hmm. so I should probably get like a good knock knock joke or a good you know (laughs) cheesy joke just to pull out when somebody asks that yeah yeah um one last question for you uh Mm kind of links related do you think that the links finished with a better record or a better like placement um in the league than they did last year Ooh, yeah I think so I think there's a lot when you take out those two super teams, I think that there's a lot of parody now. And I think that there's a lot of teams that like to be blunt could probably do a lot worse. <laughs> so, I mean, I think there's a lot of teams in a very transitional phase right now. And I, I do think that the links have a lot of talent and that they could um, use that to their advantage. And Nafisa is going to be back. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun. Right. 
I, I do think that, I mean, we've even seen this in the past years uh, that basically from like four to eight, even four to 10 is normally pretty, Yes. you know, it's pretty widespread and it's, you know, but all of those teams, you can maybe even say like five to 10, all of those teams are within a, a game or two. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be the same way this year. I, I do think that the links are going to be, which has happened the last like two years, um, not by design, but they've they've started off slow and they've they've picked yep. it up as the year goes on. I think with the young team, that's definitely going to be the case again this year. Mm -hmm. um, but I I agree that I do think that they'll finish a little bit better. I don't I still I don't know exactly where I don't I don't they're not going to finish worse than what they did that they did last year. Um, yeah. I I don't year. know. I don't know. I I think that they'll be they'll be kind of a similar spot, you know, as what they were this past year, but I don't think they'll yeah. be worse. But so I agree yeah. with you there. But yeah. Well, Chelsea, that's that's really all I have for you. Um cool. for questions. I the, I kept it I kept it a little light on the the rapid fire questions, but <laughs> I, I, I was mainly curious about that chips thing. So oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but thank you for joining. I, I had a had a great time chatting about about, about your life, about you, about the WNBA and, and the potential of, of the game um, growing to Canada. So hopefully, hopefully we get there soon and, and we'll definitely, uh, definitely have to chat again about that soon. And maybe we'll right after the, the Canada game, we can, we can kind of talk and touch base and kind of see how things went. Or we can check back in. Yeah, that would be great. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. And um, oh, before we, before we sign off, um, can you tell people again where, where they can find you and, and if they want to want to follow your work? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram, just at Chelsea Late, L-E-I-T-E. Um, you can find me on the Windsider page. Uh, yeah, if you're interested in, I do a lot of like ge generic WNBA coverage just because I don't have like a team team. So if you're interested in that, in Canada basketball, international basketball, the Toronto Raptors, any of that stuff, um, I, I do a lot of that. And then, yeah, if you're in Toronto and you ever want to come see some comedy, I post all, all of my shows and stuff too. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Chelsea, and everybody. Make sure to go go follow her and and follow her work and join us um, at Windsider. Join us on Playback. Do do all of all of that stuff. It's it's a fun time, and and I know everybody enjoys doing it. So, um, thanks again, Chelsea, and we will talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, and thank you to, once again to Chelsea for joining me as a guest this week. I also want to give another shout out to Jeremy Rushing for producing this podcast for us every week as well as our latest patron to join our Patreon community, Robert. You can join our Patreon community to receive many perks, including exclusive news, information, coverage, analysis, and more, by visiting patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. As we conclude, I wanted to share some additional news with all of you regarding a new partnership we've established here at Hitting the Hardwood. Um, I'm thrilled to announce that we have partnered with our friends at Homage to provide another location to get some really awesome links and WNBA gear. Um, currently, as I'm speaking, I'm, I'm wearing the, the Lynx blue hoodie uh, sweatshirt that is, is one of the most comfortable sweatshirts I own, and I, I literally haven't taken it off since I got it. So it's, it's definitely worth checking out, and, and I can vouch that it, it is extremely comfortable. Uh, make sure to, to, to find out more information about that. You can make sure to follow us on Twitter at Hitting Hardwood, or you can follow me on Twitter at M underscore Hansen 13. That's H-A-N-S-E-N 13. Um, to find the, the links and the URLs for all the, the Minnesota links and WNBA gear that I am referring to. Um, each item that you do purchase um, through those links on Twitter will help support this podcast. Um, so we appreciate any support that you can provide for Hitting the Hardwood. 
Over the next week or so, I'm hoping to share with all of you um, some more information on another partnership we have in the works here at Hitting the Hardwood, as well as some other Hitting the Hardwood related news um, regarding some digital space. And um, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. It's it's some exciting stuff. I'm I'm really excited to uh, to share with all of you. Until then, thank you for listening, and we will see you again next week. Three.